how fickle my heart, how woozy my eyes, awake my soul. I speak to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The week before Thanksgiving, I decided I needed a fall candle to celebrate the season, anticipating my mom's arrival for the holiday. And I walked into Bath and Body Works in the mall, only to be immediately bowled over by the swirling cocktail of pungent fragrances bashing my senses. A stereo cranked out Mariah Carey's pop-tastic Christmas song, All I Want for Christmas, and glittery, saccharine sweet displays of frosted gingerbread houses containing scented oils for the home were scattered everywhere. Various Christmas decorations covered every inch of the store, all in shades of red and white and green decking the halls. Employees enthusiastically placed at key points throughout the store greeted me their heads bobbing with floppy reindeer headbands as they pointed to all their wares cheerfully, offering to help me, and I'm sure I looked lost. I held my breath, and, and I smiled a, a steely grin, and I focused carefully on maneuvering between these tightly situated tables, all piled rather precariously with frighteningly wobbly pyramids of large, shiny glass candle containers. And if you have little children, this should just really strike fear into your hearts trying to navigate this. Fair warning, fair warning, y'all. I got to the center of the operation somehow, and for a moment I, I really worried about how I would ever get out of the store. I looked around and came face to face with the sense of the season. Vanilla Bean Noel, Letters to Santa, Bright Christmas Morning, Christmas Cider, Under the Christmas Tree, Fresh Balsam, Tree Farm, and you know those don't smell anything alike at all. Tis the season, Winter, Iced Winter, Merry Cookie, and last but not least, the perfect Christmas, of course. Where was the fall farmhouse, the, the sweater weather, the pumpkin cinnamon bun, the, the perfect autumn, or my personal favorite, pumpkin pecan waffles? That's the very best one they have. I somehow stumbled upon the one remaining pumpkin pecan waffles candle, and I practically threw my money at that cashier and then as fast as I could, I just wiggled and wriggled between all the tables, and I made my way out of that store. And then I hightailed it out of the mall. You see, I was not ready for all of that. I thought I might hear the soft, rolling jazz from Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving movie, you know, that theme just, just piped throughout the store at a moderate level. I figured my eyes would burn from the overwhelming sense of, of pumpkin and cinnamon, nutmeg, and vanilla all in one spot. Perhaps some silk fall leaves would be decorating the shelves, and, and I would have even half delighted in employees wearing big old turkey hats with shirts that said, thankful, across. But no, no, 
It was a full-blown holiday frenzy of a fever dream in there. Now, if you weren't ready for my retelling of my, my harrowing trip to Bath and Body Works, you, you might like to hear that it's been a different experience in my neighborhood with holiday timing. Christmas decorations have slowly crept down the streets, house by house, week by week, since mid-November. At first, making me smile at the early bird arrival of festive ribbons and wreaths and such. And soon, I was lulled into the early holiday spirit, especially driving in the evening, spotting a few live oaks and houses wrapped in soft white lights, and the occasional appearance of red or green or even the very rare now, those multicolored bulbs just twinkling, winking back at me. With this soft easing into the holiday season, I was truly not prepared for the jolting I received as I read over the gospel text today from Mark. We're not invited into gentle scriptural preparations for the soul, as one might imagine, as we look forward to images of Christ coming to us. The verses of this gospel do not coo and offer us a lullaby as we wait patiently for the celebration of our Savior to be born and wrapped in swaddling cloths, laid in the manger with Mary and Joseph beside him. Now, you may wonder if I've really been paying attention to the recent gospel texts we've had from Matthew these past Sundays. Because as you know, they are loaded with repeated warnings and, and parables, preaching preparedness and, and awareness for the second coming. I mean, have I been asleep to the stories of the bridesmaids all running around? Remember that one? And, you know, they, they're anticipating the bridegroom's arrival or, or the one about the man going on a journey with instructions for his servants to be alert, to do the right things in preparation for his return. Jesus is clearly calling us and has been calling us to keep awake keep awake so have i been asleep maybe on this blessed first sunday of advent we enter a season that calls us to prepare our hearts for all that god is seeking to offer us with christmas and beyond However, we arrive at an especially topsy-turvy text that again warns and, and also alerts us to a landscape of suffering with a darkened sun and extinguished moon. Stars plummeting from heaven and powers in the heavens shaken. Apocalyptic images course through every letter of every word with the Son of Man coming in clouds, sending out angels and gathering the elect from the four winds, drawing our mind's imagination across the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. As challenging as the initial verses of our text are for us today, first century hearers of the gospel would be contending with their own upheaval living in the aftermath of the destruction of the temple and the city of Jerusalem some 40 years after the events of Jesus' life and death. And as these followers continue to proclaim his resurrection, they find themselves grasping at the torn fabric of their history. An earth-shattering calamity with divine consequences has occurred where they must now keep reorienting their lives 
religiously, economically, politically. And they are also faced with the delay of the second coming of Jesus. So they wait, they anticipate, they try to stay vigilant, but they do not know the hour or the day of his return. This is truly crisis literature that we receive today. And perhaps it's fitting that to make things even more disorienting, we are introduced to the parable of the blossoming fig tree and the traveling homeowner with both stories seeming to jockey for a spotlight in this text. In the final verses, though, we find a clue to help us navigate our way and find our footing, hopefully, in the season of Advent. The voice of Jesus describes the unknown hour that the master of the house will return. And as we know, staying alert is critical as he describes the four watches of the night. Evening, midnight, cock crow, or dawn, as these possible points of return. And later in the Gospel of Mark, we will watch, we will stay with Jesus, we will wait as his passion unfolds with the four watches again. From the evening, where Jesus gathers with his disciples, sharing a last supper, to his betrayal and arrest and questioning during the night. He will be denied by Peter three times before the cock crows. And at dawn, we continue with the events of Jesus' trial and crucifixion occurring at the break of morning, mid-morning, noon. But something happens that hearkens us to the imagery of today's passage. Darkness covers the whole land at noon. At three o'clock, Jesus cries out with a loud voice and soon breathes his last the curtain of the temple is torn in two from top to bottom. And we are thrown into another moment of calamity, uncertainty, suffering. And just as we encountered a, a situation of apocalyptic imagery in our earlier passages from, from Mark and Matthew, this is a moment of crisis for all of Jesus' followers. Now, as we, we shift a bit from where we've journeyed together with Jesus just now, we focus on the final lines of today's gospel. What do we hear? Once again, the charge Jesus leaves us with is to keep awake, to be watchful, to look for the signs of the return of Christ, even if we do not know what is coming next. This is a call that cannot be ignored. But what might that mean for us? What do we need to be awakened to during this season? Where are we slumbering in our relationship with God and one another? Where are the cobwebs, the dusty corners of our souls? Are we subsisting on spiritual breadcrumbs yet again as the holidays and the, the pressures that often come our way during this time leave us with little spiritual sustenance? The places where we have kept God at arm's length? Even as we yearn to awaken to the joy and peace this season can bring, 
Are we also awake to our fatigue while waiting for Christ to break through our often overscheduled lives? Not to mention war and conflict that, that plagues our world. Are we willing to spiritually patch our way through Advent and Christmas again? Or are we craving a great awakening of our souls? Advent asks the question, what now, God? Where do we go from here with our faith? What are you calling us towards, and, and how do we turn or pause? How do we respond? As much as we might want to, we cannot sweep away today's gospel or the text we've heard previously from Matthew. These texts are the awakening to the holy presence we need now. Awake to the tug, the pull that has brought us to a new place in our journey with God that may be different or even unsettling. Advent keeps calling us to wake to our soul's hunger for God. And as we discern all of this, we are not alone. The many invitations of life and community help us to take turns staying awake. That's what we have to do. We engage in the work of spiritual discernment, and then we rest. We have to. We wake each other up to what God is doing in each other's lives, what we see, where we are growing, where we might be stuck. We worship. We pray for one another. We, we soak in the beauty of holiness in this place. We take our questions out into the world and continue on, looking forward to the blessedness that Christmas brings us. What God has done and the hope of what is to come, that's what we're waiting on. We partner with the promises found in Scripture. In verse 31 of our gospel, Jesus tells us that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. We are not left alone in this season or in any season, whether in calm or crisis. We are accompanied by the word, the eternal Christ who is still among us. If we allow ourselves to awaken to the season of Advent, to wait for God to do something new, unexpected, even downright unprecedented, just like God did over 2,000 years ago, we find that this may truly be the start of the great awakening of our souls. And as we experience everything that Advent and Christmas has to offer, even when we may be bombarded with the scents and the sparkles and the lights that delight but often distract us, let us remember to turn towards the awakening God is offering us. May we awake our souls to the many gifts this season brings. Amen.